take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. But I'm a man now. What's the plan now? Gotta get it done. No time for fun now. Take me back. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. <laughs> we can't get sued for that. Uh, Mike Young here, stories that need to be told, special guest in the building. What up, what up, what up? It's my boy Stevie Gutman. Yes, sir. He's in my movie, he's in our movie. There is no such thing as a my movie. He is in a stand-up guy that comes out February 9th. I've heard of that movie. What's the name of your character? Bob. Bob, Bob Lipschitz. Lipschitz. Stevie is what you call a great character in life and a damn good character actor, which we didn't even, I didn't know. I just, I met you through a mutual friend, through Danny. Yes. I get a call one day from our producer of the, of a stand-up guy and our lead actor, Danny Abacasser, and he says, basically, but you got to do me a favor. Now listen closely. You're going to put my boy Stevie in the movie. That's right. Okay. Who's uh who's who's Stevie? You're gonna meet him on Thursday. You're gonna go. You're gonna set a place and you're gonna talk to him. Okay, great. And when I met you, I remember I met I remember meeting you and it's like you meet classic characters and you know we we bring up Woody Allen because Woody Allen has officially like his camp has taken note of Stevie Gutman through the clips that he got to see in the movie and he's also just he's auditioned for his people and he's in the world but the thing I love is if you watch documentaries on Woody Allen he is a true lover of character and his casting people they have hundreds and hundreds of 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 eight by tens and they've got hundreds and hundreds of video clips of just true New York characters. But wait a second, wait a second, because I really I'm a little upset now. I'll be honest, I don't like the term character actor because it just means I'm too ugly to be a leading guy. <laughs> so let let's stop with character actor, all right? Because I mean it just means hey, you're not good looking enough to be Brad Pitt and hold down the movie. Okay, you're gonna be the quirky Jewish guy in four scenes, and there you go. And but that that I'm very is, proud of that though. That is your full blown one hundred. 100% Jewish insecurity coming out about yourself because you got a fine girlfriend, you're a good-looking dude, and you're finally getting in shape. So when I say character, you're it's just your essence, bro. Actually, you are one times. of no, you are one of the funniest dudes. And, we, and when I when we met, we started talking. You're a hundred mile an hour guy. He talks, Stevie. You go a hundred miles an hour. Like I know you take over the mic. It's just game on. I'll just sit back. But when I met you, I just immediately thought. This guy's got stories, and these are stories that need to be told. And this is not me doing full circle for my own title, but you got. I, so I wanted to write a one-man show with you. Yep, we sat down outside of a bar, a few tequilas in both of us, and we just started talking and laughing and going on and going on about different stories about my life and funny things that I learned about myself along the way. And um, I've learned to accept my quirky Jewiness. It's just uh, through the years, you know, it's just... Uh, yeah, I mean, you gotta you, go with it. Stevie grew up. Where'd you grow up? Merrick, Long Island. So you grew up around a bunch of dudes where they were like some rough cats. Like you grew up around some rough dudes, and you were not a rough dude. Well, I learned that the hard way. I guess you're leading towards the, me trying to get beat into a gang store. <laughs> I mean, you might as well tell it because this is like classic New York shit. It's like. He, well, Stevie grew up around like the gangster's sons or the gangster's grandkids, like you know what I mean, like that little area. So pretty much, there was a group of guys where I grew up, and they they were in a gang. I won't mention the name because they still scare me to this day. And I was about like fourteen or fifteen. They were like seventeen, eighteen, and I was hanging around. I was like the little like Spike. Which way to go, Spike? You know, which way to go? Can I get your water, Spike? Can I get your water. I was like that guy, and. All I wanted to do was be in the gang. I was like, well, no one will pick on me if I'm in the gang. Maybe yeah. girls will look at me if I'm in the gang. I'm like, good things can happen by being in a gang. I might get clipped in prison if, if I'm, I'm in, in the, the gang. gang. <laughs> <laughs> Could be a good rap song. I might get clipped if I'm in the gang. But anyway, so um, they told me, all right, you want to be in the gang? No problem. We're going to have to beat you in. <laughs> and I said, all right, guys, let's go. Let's do it. I can't wait. And for like a year, I can't a wait. year, I bugged them. I said, guys, when is it my turn? When is it my turn? 
thinking just goes to show you where my head was at back then that this made sense. This was a great idea in my mind. I was like, wow, I'll be the man in high school if I'm in the gang. So after a year of pleading, <laughs> we had a party one night. The story actually makes me nervous just talking about it. I have anxiety just thinking about it. Therapy deep. Oh, deep my therapy God. for this kid. <laughs> so we're at a party one night. And the head of the gang looked at me. I'll never forget it. I had a bottle of vodka in my hand. I must have been about 15. And I took a sip of the vodka. And he goes, it's your turn. And at that exact moment, the light bulb went off. I really didn't want to get beat into the gang. <laughs> so I was like, guys, wait a second. You know, maybe we, I became I became like like this like high-pitched lawyer. Well, maybe we didn't want to do this. Or maybe right now we had a little too much to drink. We could talk about tomorrow. Or so before I could get to the third sentence, boom. He cracks me right in the nose. And this is a moment that you have, you make a decision. Every man has come to this decision in their life when they get into a fight or they get hit, something like this. And I look at like the animal kingdom. Fight or flight? Fight or flight, baby. And my reaction was, I flight like a motherfucker. <laughs> I went in front of a party full of people. I went, I started to cry and let out a scream. And I ran and kept running and running and running and running and running. And then I made it to LA. But what I learned... <laughs> <laughs> what I learned from the experience, and maybe I look at everything as a blessing. Stevie, you're not a tough kid. You don't want to be in the gang. And um, what you should do, have really tough friends. And that's it. <laughs> well, yo, was it a gang that had a name, or was it like a, like a mob family type of gang? Or was no, it like no, a local, no, local, local there's tough? There's no such thing as the mob, all right? Listen, yeah, it's true, true. Right? Second off, there. Uh, no, it was, a, it was a local gang. That that they were they they were they were they were good. They, as far as their gang credentials, they did their thing. Yo, and, you got such a skinny ass nose too. I would hate to see that nose get punched. That's a, I'd cry if I saw you get was, punched. It was it was just blood and snot and my teeth. It was a potpourri of like, my Stevie, snot. Stevie, where are you going? Today's the day. <laughs> yeah, I learned. I learned the hard way. Yo, Jordy's from Long Island. Did, did you grow up in a? Did you grow up in the, around that same type yeah, of Rock cast of characters? No, it, mine was more of a Irish Catholic town, so uh, more hanging out at the bars than uh, outside. And right, there was the, the Jewish and Italian kids in your area, and there was the Irish and the Catholics over there. Even though you were Jewish, Rockville Center, sure. Rockville Center, Baldwin, Massapequa, LIR. You used to take the old trip on the way to the city. Rockville Center, Baldwin, Massapequa, Massapequa Park. Blah, 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 blah. And uh, yeah, it was just, I don't know, there was something in the water in Merrick. It made you what you are today, bro. So that's that, that's a good thing. What made you want to come out here for acting? And by the way, in a stand-up guy, and he he, he plays the manager, uh, and he plays it so funny. And I just told you, I remember telling you, yo, just go watch Broadway Danny Rose. Just, sure. just just to study that type of world of a guy that would probably represent awkward, offbeat characters, you know, for talent. But you killed it. And we've done like three or four screenings or 50 screenings, if you ask Danny. Every, I think everyone's already seen the movie. <laughs> but everybody really is raving about your performance. Thank and you. it's really Thank funny you. because even my boys like Chuck, who doesn't give love to anything. Like, you know, my boy, we were talking about Chuck earlier. Chuck's like, yo, bro, I don't know. But that guy Stevie fucking killed it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's breakout it's, star of a stand-up guy nominee. Ah, uh, thank you, Stevie thank Gutman. You. It's for no, sure. It's it's kind of it's it's nice to like because it's been a long ride. Has it? Yeah. Has it? Because I didn't meet you till a couple years ago, and I don't know where you were. You were you in L.A. Right, digging long, in? Well, sort of. Long story, very, very, very boring. I still, I still, Brett says that I steal from Brett, and Brett likes to call me out when I steal stuff on him. Yeah, go so, ahead. Uh, I just canceled on him for Thursday. <laughs> So, all right, so long story boring, I was living in Miami and I was working in nightlife. And I'd say for probably- Like promoting? Yeah. Doorman? No, I was promoting and I was getting a master's degree in hospitality at FIU. Okay. okay thinking that uh, my dream is going to be, I'm going to be Danny. That's what I want. I was like, Danny's the king of nightlife. I want to be just like Danny. I was and did like, you know Danny back then from yeah, growing up? I met, not growing up, I met Danny in like 98. Uh, he, he had a partner at the time, a business partner named Alone. And Alone had a younger brother named Gilly. And I was working for Gilly. So basically, I was a sub of a sub of a sub of a sub of a sub working for Danny. So in, they was right, like, in the dopest nightlife he, world you can. And he's talking about Danny Abacaster, who's in my movie, one of, who's the lead of the movie and a producer, but who came. And you'll meet him because he'll be on here next week before the movie comes out. But Danny comes from the nightlife, and it's the primest nightlife. It's the shit rappers rap about. He yeah, comes he, from that world. Yes, he's he was the king of it. And, and so you were watching, and you were. I remember seeing this kind of kind of little Jewish guy who looked a little bit like me, and I was like, oh my god, I want to be like that. And Gilly was like, well, it's like that. 
that's my brother's partner. He's like, you come work for me, and we can work our way to be them. So we would do like, like Gilly and I would do like the not the coolest parties on like Saturdays, and then we'd work like, you know, I'd work for Gilly. So like I said, I'd be twenty people removed from Danny, like on like their great nights, like Tuesdays at Life and things like that. But um, and then I moved to Miami. And Danny was constantly doing stuff like New Year's Eve part things like in Miami. And I worked, Gilly set me up there. I worked a little bit with Danny and we became quite close. And I moved to L.A. But I wound up in L.A. What happened was I was living in Miami. And I'm looking at uh, the club guys. And I'm like, it, it was a bunch of Miami guys. And I'm like, in 10 years, if I, if I play my cards right, I'll be just like them. I had a straight up panic attack. <laughs> I was like, and it was never anything bad. It was just like, it's such a rough business. You're out till four in the morning every night. You know, it, it, it's it's very tough to keep a relationship, even if you're not doing anything wrong. Just just as you know, it, girls, they, they have trouble understanding. Your job is to go out and entertain every night of the week. You know, it just, it just was like, I, I don't know. I you just, didn't want that lifestyle. I just want something different. So I went on an audition. And the audition was for a movie called Spiritual. I found it on Craigslist. It was the role of a schizophrenic, lead role in the movie. I'm like, this is some real actor shit. I'm like, I'm like, this is what actors do. Oh my god, I'll be like Stevie Day Lewis or something playing the schizophrenic, <laughs> you know? Uh, so I went on the audition and I get the role. I say, okay, it you're basically your first audition, basically booked, booked. Oh, this this is a dream that right. doesn't end well. No, no. So. <laughs> It's just like wait, having a wet dream and getting woken up by your mother and being Holy like, shit. wake up, you got to go to school, you know? But so I booked the first role yeah. and I say, wait, it's not paying anything. I move in with my parents. I leave South Beach, Miami, because I'm not making any money anymore, to move in with my parents in Boca Raton, Florida. All right, so here I am. Average age, 77. So here I am living with my parents. I do the movie. I send it to a friend of mine in New York, this DJ kid, and he goes to me, I have to be honest with you. This is the worst piece of shit <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. But you're not half bad. He goes, you should keep trying. So I go on another audition for this French director. The guy wins, he's won a few awards, this, this. He says to me, he says, listen. He goes, it's going to be about six months. Now, who knew back then that things take a little while, this and this? He says, now someone tells me six months. I'm like, ha I made it. And six months back then, it seemed like 20 years. He says, it's going to take about six months. But you're starring in my movie. And I said, What? I said, okay. So I, he flies back. It took him about eight months. He flies in, and we shot this movie called Recon. And I did that movie that I starred in, and that went to a few festivals. It won the New York Independent Film and Video Festival, I think it was called, for Best International Feature, blah, blah, blah. And about five months after that, six months after that, I get a call from the same director, and he goes, listen, I'm shooting my next feature in Paris. I need you in Paris right away. <laughs> I said, so I fly yeah. out to Paris. You, you've gone from your parents' basement in Boca Raton to now you're flying to Paris yeah. to start another movie. Start in, well, this one I was like the third lead, and I'm living in. He gave me, he's like, listen, we have very little budget. He goes, you have a choice. I can give you the shittiest hotel, or my mother has a villa on a private street, and she won't be there. I'm like, I'll take the villa. Thing. Hell yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in my own villa. Now, but by the way, let's put this in perspective, because if, you're not, if you don't know about film and you're listening, all these movies collectively probably made me about negative $3,000. It's not that I've made any money at this point and there's anything going on. Right, you start in three movies and you're out $3,000. Something like you're that. You're literally going backwards at the most positive rate. Exactly. You're just like, you're killing it <laughs> while going broke. So I went, I, went to, I went to Paris, did the movie. The movie ran out of funding. He never finished it. I would love to, I'm sure I was awful. I played a gay cokehead named Vanity. It was such, he gave me eye makeup. I was high, they had me in tankers. It's actually a great story. Talk about it, a great director move. So the movie's based on the fact that I get kidnapped and my lover is an arms dealer who's about to get married. And every, he's about to marry the daughter of the world's biggest arms dealer. Except the only problem is I'm now kidnapped and the people kidnapping me are threatening to reveal the secret that he's closeted gay and it's fucking me. So he sends someone to come kill all of us and we're running through Paris. So the story was a lot of fun. But Jesus. So I get a intricate gay love story. Oh my God. So high arms dealing. <laughs> so I get to Paris and I have a script. The whole script's in English. We go, they drive me, we're shooting nights. They drive me like 40 miles outside of Paris to some like hangar that looks like it's a, it's like Chernobyl. It's like blown out this, this beat up oil tankers and this and this in this hangar and it's freezing cold and it, nobody's talking to me. I go, I don't understand what's going on. Nobody's saying, well, I'm like, hello. And someone walks by. Hello, someone walks by. Someone does my makeup. They barely talk to me. So everything's great. All of a sudden the director goes, okay, Stevie, take your place. And moto, camera, action. 
whole film's in French. <laughs> I'm standing there, literally, I don't know what to do or say, or I'm just in shock. This goes on for five nights. On the fifth night, they're shooting, and there's these, like, just the director was talking about, Stevie, get in the car. I'm like, no, no, sh- go, go, go. Get in the car. I get in the car. The fifth night, they're shooting, and they're driving me into the, the, the hangar thing. They're shooting the scene, and full-on panic attack in the back of the car. I bust out of the car. I'm hysterical crying. I'm in the director's arms. I'm going, Mattia, I'm sorry. I, I, my brain is weak, but what the fuck is going on? I, no one's talking to me. The movie's in French. You give me a script in English. He looks at me and goes, let me ask you a question. Do you really feel kidnapped? I said, yeah. He goes, I'm a great fucking director. Now go back to work. <laughs> I was like, oh. that's a fucking sick director. Some method shit right there. He, he used to get off. He told me one time we were gonna, I was going to play a heroin addict for him. And he's like, listen, I want you to go to low depths. He goes, I'm going to lock you in a condo in like the ghetto of Paris for three months. I'll let you out for like 30 minutes a day. And then <laughs> yeah. don't worry about the script. We'll just shoot. <laughs> My Yo, mother put the kibosh on that. Is he still directing this guy? No, Has, not right now. No, he's in prison somewhere for kidnapping. <laughs> Literally. But, fucking uh, wrongful imprisonment. So after Paris, uh, I'm sorry to go on for so long, but it was after Paris. I was like, you know what? Someone just was willing to fly me to Paris. Let me see if this is for real. So that was nine years ago. Did I, you love it though? Did you love? Do you love acting? You it, love it. It's all I want to do. It's it's. I feel the most alive when I get to play these characters because it reminds me of my childhood. I'm an only child. Yeah. You know, it's not that I had a brother or sister around, so I would be in my room playing pretend, and I would be the big rapper. Or I would be this one, or I'd be the cowboy, or I'd be the mobster. I'd be this guy. And I, I actually, my girlfriend walked in on me. I don't even realize that I do it still. Like like two weeks ago, my girlfriend walked in on me, and she said, "You were in the mirror talking to yourself, moving your arms like this. What the fuck?" She caught me playing pretend. Yeah. I just I lost myself in the moment, <clears throat> and that's what what I love about acting. It allows me to do that. And yo, you're playing pretend. That's all. That's all acting is playing pretend. Yeah, pretty much. I mean. Making it truthful. And so from there, uh, I came to L.A. Um, I thought I had the same manager right away as Nick Totoro, so I thought I made it. I was like, that's it. All the roles Nick Totoro gets, uh, they'll be passed down to me. If he doesn't want them, it's it. That's how it works, right? Yo, that's, yo <clears throat> Nick Totoro was actually set to play Uncle Pat in oh, our wow. movie. Oh, wow. That would have been amazing. Have you hung with him before? Never met him. Never met him. One of the funniest dudes on planet Earth. I mean, Andy Fischella does a great job, but there was like a two-week period I was talking to Nick, to Nick all the time. Mikey, you got to make this happen. Do me a favor. Bring me a paper bag with money in it. I'll make sure I'm there. Whoa, 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 what? what? <laughs> I just need a paper bag. You know how this whole game works. I got kids. I got all kinds of shit. He was fucking funny. And then I we got just... a big nut every month. I got to... <laughs> Yo, people got nuts to fill. Yep. to play it a new podcast network featuring radio and tv personalities talking business sports tech entertainment and more play it at play.it take me back when i was a kid never had to worry about what i did so yeah so now you're here now i'm here i go to acting classes i get a manager sees me okay great I think that that's it. He sent me, I think, on one audition in a year. And I remember calling him one time. He put me on hold. This is how high of a priority was. He put me on hold for an hour and 15 minutes. I, <laughs> I'm not lying. I got the phone. I, he says, hold on one second, Stevie. And I waited an hour and 15 minutes. That's and unacceptable it, on two levels. <laughs> one is what the fuck he did. And number two... Don't ever fucking wait for anybody for an hour and 15 Ooh, minutes. No. Stevie's such a sweet dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you're so talented, bro, and you're definitely going to fucking be booking shit for years to come. I see it happening. But I, but that little kid from fucking Long Island who cried when he got his nose punched, <laughs> he's with us. He is with you oh, at he, all uh, times, bro. Trust brother. me, I know. You are a sensitive-ass dude. Oh, my God, I'm very sensitive. Which is sensitive. a good thing, especially for as an artist. For acting, you got to be sensitive to the to the game. But yeah, bro, don't get kidnapped out here. This is a rough-ass town. Thank God you got Danny as your godfather looking out for you. You I got got very lucky. Yeah, you got a good crew looking out for you. No, I I joke I won the best friend lotto. 
that you know totally. I have a great best friend who really loves me and he, he kind of really looks after me and you know he, he let me know I'm doing movies that means you're doing movies Stevie and I'm just blessed because of him and it's amazing no and, it, he he is he is a creature man I never met anybody like Danny and it, the funny shit is I met Danny 19 18 I'm years sure. ago with the crew and Danny was the nightlife king and I think I don't know if I ever talked about this but he would like treat us all I think I did talk about but he would like treat us like kings and me and my actor buddies who were already famous we'd go into a club and I swear to God I used to always say to myself I'm gonna do something for this dude one day like well I gotta repay this dude like there's nothing I can do it's, it's, it's not even money because he would do shit like we'd be on a private plane or something and like all of a sudden there's bottles and you know me I'm fresh out of Detroit and it's like you put a big bottle in front of me and six models that don't speak English fuck I'm in heaven and I'm calling all my boys back in Detroit going guess where the fuck I am but I always said to myself I gotta do something for this guy and who knew that it was gonna come around full where circle, we would just yeah. come full circle and like just get down and dirty with each other sure. and I would get to direct him in a movie and he produced it and was really the one that hired me and brought me on. It's amazing. So yeah, we're we're lucky to have a dude in our life like that. As fucking nuts as he is, that <laughs> motherfucker. There was definitely and you and by the way, I I forgot this until just this fucking moment. Stevie Gutman is the reason that I got to write a stand-up guy. Ah, don't give me all that credit. No, no, no. But- Stevie's a huge reason. Danny called me one day. He goes, I love my man as a loser. My finance guys were there. We're going to hire you for another movie. I want to play a basketball player. I'm a fish out of water, and I'm put, put me in the country playing basketball. Louisiana. Louisiana. We're going to New Orleans for the tax break. And I go, and I'm sitting there fucking thinking to myself, and I'm starting to, you know, because I needed the gig. I was like, I, I was fiending to direct again. And I was like, what the fuck, man? I'm like, first of all, Danny, I love you, but you ain't that fucking good at basketball. You <laughs> mean? Like, you're good. Great jump shot. In a men's league of over 40, but you ain't fucking all state ever. You know what I mean? But he's a solid baller, but this is going to look weird if you're going to be the greatest basketball player in any neighborhood. So I called, I talked to you. I said, Stevie, what do you think, man? I've been fucking dwelling on this idea for so long. And it's like, after I got beat up and like thought to myself, I could go potentially have to go to the witness protection program. I thought to myself, would I ever just fucking quit comedy? I pitched you the idea, and I swear to God, I remember this. Tell me if I'm wrong, but you go, that's fucking amazing. It was amazing. I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna tell Danny. I'm gonna call him right now. I'll call you back. And yep. I mean, I don't know what the behind the scenes. You could maybe fill me in, but I know you made a couple calls to him, and I don't know how the calls went, but it worked out fucking beautifully. Nice. I called Jordan. I said, "Yo, bro, movie number two. <laughs> oh, good. I'll be an associate producer. I'll try to get you some money. Fuck." Well, I was helping to try to develop that basketball movie that was going nowhere. Yeah, we were we were struggling with it. It was a struggle. We were talking it through. We were talking it through because there was so much basketball involved. Uh, So so I kept yo. It came a point where I watched Hoosiers five times. (laughs) I was like, I gotta structure this like like Hoosiers. But yo, you said to me on the phone, you go, "That's a fucking brilliant idea," and I knew it was an ironic. Dope, what I thought was a dope concept. It really was to come up I with lo- it. And you convinced him. I don't know if I, it wasn't much convincing because you had a great idea. And it really, when you you told me about it, you said, listen, I have an idea about a guy. I'll never forget it. We had this conversation about a guy who goes into witness protection and discovers his calling, which is stand up. And he says, well, what do you do? Because if you wind up getting big, they're going to kill you. So it puts you in this interesting predicament. And I just loved. It was a beautiful idea because you think about it, witness protection is a very lonely place. Fuck yeah. Um, it's dark. so you and Your job is to stay quiet. And yep, and you, you find this outlet, except the outlet's going to get you killed. Yeah. So I said, wow. I said, yep, okay, giddy up. And I talked to the boss, and I guess the boss liked it. He talked to you, and that was it. <laughs> How'd that call go? Did you call Danny? You're like, Danny, just take a second. I know you want to play basketball. I know you're fucking practicing. I know you're up at Leo's playing. You're practicing your game every day. But listen to this. Like, how did how'd that go? No, it was it was, was it, it was simple. Was, was it Actually, real simple? No, I remember it was very simple. I remember I talked to him. I went to the house and I saw him and I said, "Danny, I said, I know you want to do this movie, but Mike just told me an idea, and you'd be amazing in it, and you have to do this." And you know, he thought about it. It's not that he gave me the answer. Right? Yes, I'm doing. You know, we gave you the answer. He he, he says, "That's not a half bad idea." He goes, 
let's get Mike over here. Let's have a meeting with Mike. And then Mike came and Mike pitched the rest and the movie was done. How fucking beautiful was that? Then the amazing thing about him, what, what I love, and it's like I told you, I remember he looked at Mike and goes, all right, Mike, go write the script. He goes, I'm not having you write a script to write a script. I'm having you write a script to make a movie. So realize within the next year, we're making this movie. And I walk, Mike and I, I'll never forget, I walked outside with Mike and I was like, Mike, you see? I go, that's the great thing about this. He goes, you, took, you talked to him for 15 minutes. The idea made sense. You're now writing a script and making a movie. He guaranteed it. It's guaranteed. And that's what makes him different and unique, you know, is that he guarantees something and he gets you there and you make that movie. His word is bond. Oh, yeah. His word is bond. And it's funny, man, because it, it literally just all went down like that. And I never had a doubt. I never had a doubt. There was like a, as, was I going to direct it? There was like a three-day period where Danny, you know, he loved the script. I love the script. It's incredible. I'm not sure you're directing it. Let me talk <laughs> to Chuck. Call me back the next day. All right, you're directing it. I talked to Chuck. You were always going to direct it. I just, you know, I just want to see what your reaction was. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, and we went and we went ahead and we fucking made a movie. Yes, how's the yo? How a stand-up guy obviously was a great experience. You killed it, and I really hope that you use that those clips of yourself and put it out there and and get some other great work. But how's it been going day to day? Like as an actor in LA, are you are you okay with the lifestyle? Because I know you got a job, so you're no, cool. The- but but how you feeling? Like how well, you feeling? First off, I, but that let's backtrack. I have a job. I'm not cool. I leave here. Like there's a reality all this that people don't realize. Like I had. I remember I had a Boost Mobile commercial that I was the man baby, and it was just me. It was 30 seconds of just me. It's the most money I probably ever made acting in my life. I think I made four thousand dollars for the day, and I've been going at this what. 13, 14 years now, yeah. and four thousand dollars is the most amount, the largest amount of money I ever made. The re- and people call, oh my god, you you know you made it, you made it. I didn't make anything. I leave you, and I go sell kosher steak. <laughs> like let's yeah. be real. I had to have actually have somebody cover my shift for the three hours to come hang out with you to do this. That's the reality of it. And it's just you know on a day to day, there's certain things I see certain things growing, and the process is growing, and I think there's a chance of a chance that I may get to be somewhere where I want to be. But the whole talk about enjoy the journey and all that stuff is fucking bullshit. That's from only people <laughs> who made it, who have a lot of money, who go, oh, it's the journey, man. Enjoy the journey. <laughs> yeah, the journey sucks my fucking... Da- Are we allowed to curse on it? Yeah. yeah. Do whatever journey fuck sucks you. my fucking balls. Because <laughs> the, jur- the journey the journey's about waiting tables and about about just running to do anything you can or working that play for free or doing that short film for free or losing $3,000 to go do. But all those experiences... They they make you more confident for the moments that, like, when you put me in this film. And it actually came together. It's funny. When it really came together, I got I got notes from you. I got notes from Danny. And they were amazing notes. I was on the plane going. And it, no one can see this, I guess. So it's not going to make sense. I was on the plane going to New York. And I see these two people standing next to each other who have no business standing next to each other. This one rapper and, like, this 55 to 62-year-old really quirky Jewish guy. And you could see the Jewish guy was really uncomfortable for some reason next to the rapper. And he was just trying to initiate conversation, which made it even all more awkward. And I remember he looks at him, he's like, the last time I was on a plane and it, it almost fell down and I, <laughs> and he looked up like that. And I said, oh my God, that's it. The way he looked up. I said, that's what this guy's going to do. That's his quirks. He's going to be really like herky jerky. And like, that's kind of where it all came together from that plane, and it was amazing. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. You picked up a little, a little uh, character trait from somebody, and you, you, and you applied it in the, uh, in your, in your performance. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's I true. know. I know the move. I know when you look yeah. up and you tell him, uh, "I'm not going to say prior, but, but I, I see a glimpse." glimpse. <laughs> yeah, you did the hand motion, and it was fucking dope. But I, I that's, I love that that that's where that came Just from. That uncomfortable guy who was on the plane. Yo, but let me tell you yeah. something, homeboy. Yeah. Because I know you, and I know what you can do. And I, I when I met you, I told you we, I wanted to do that. That that I wanted to write that one man show for you. And you had like five really awesome stories. And one was that fighting story. Uh, um. One was that fighting story, and a couple were uh, were just other great stories. And you were so animated, and I was like, "You need to fucking do a one man show." So what my point is to you is, it don't cost any money to fucking put up a one man show. Of course. And Kevin Connolly, who's fucking thirty six years in the game, was just in here telling, saying the same thing. It don't cost shit for you to shoot something on your iPhone and go be dope. 
You know what I mean? So my advice to you, because I mean, I don't know shit, but I'm, I know something. But my advice to you is you need to fucking get your fucking face out there and your talent out there. And if I was you, and I know you're going to go shoot that thing with Pookie. You guys are going to yes, go shoot this cool. Katero's going to direct and it. And he's dope. And you're going to go shoot that short, and that's mm-hmm. good. But I would suggest to you, and I'll even give you a book, and I know this is going to sound really fucking random. But Patti Smith, you know the Patti Smith, the fucking badass rocker, punker, poet, dope writer. She has also won three National Book Awards. She just wrote a book called The M Train about her experiences in New York. And the only reason I tell you this is because she's basically made art like her life. Sure. She wakes up, she writes. She reads, she writes. She gets lunch, she comes back, she writes. And it just is, it's it's like weaved into her life. It's one of those people who tell you, enjoy the journey. No, it's hell Patty no. Patty Smith is fucking rich. No. She can wake up and write. She can go to bed and write. She can do this in between counting her she, money. She was living this way from day one as a fucking 19-year-old. My point is, is if you start putting out more product of what you can do, I don't give a fuck if it's just you doing a 30-second sure. monologue, I'm telling you, people, casting directors, we all know everybody at this point. Sure. You're one, you're, you're one degree away from the world. You know what I mean? Sure. You're two phone calls from Scorsese, yet you're selling <laughs> kosher meat. <laughs> but my point is, is keep fucking putting shit out. No, you're That's right. quality. You're and right. I would even, I, I, I strongly feel like, you could do a one-man show, and you should take that shit back and go look at those notes that you and I did and, and just coordinate it and just in your spare time, run it for yourself. And then like, if you did that for like a week, I'm telling you, it would start to come together. And I know, listen, discipline's a motherfucker. Jordy, you're a disciplined person. You really are. <clears throat> I, I'm hard on myself. I know I'm truly disciplined. I'm fucking writing two movies right now. I'm trying to put an hour and a half into each every day. But it ain't easy, but the way it gets easier is when it just becomes part of the fabric of your everyday. Of course. And actually, I got some great advice on the one-man stuff. I, it was really it was inspiring. Who comes into the kosher restaurant? My idol of one-man shows, John Leguizamo. Who did there you freak. go. He is, to me, it's, he's another one. He's that's the, an omen, though. He's that's, the that's reason. Real. That show is one of, I remember being in high school and watching that, and it made me laugh. It made me cry. So we already said I'm very sensitive. Definitely made yeah, me you cry. You might cry in here. <laughs> could be. My first crying guest. Potentially. But, um, I'll cry, too. There we go. <laughs> might be good. Let's let it out. But uh, I, I talked to him for a second. I had a chance to talk to him. He was there celebrating a show that they were doing, and, and uh, I had a chance to talk to him about Freak, and I was like, you have to understand, your show basically put me on my course. It's what I always wanted to do. And he got into how long it took him to get to that level of that show where it was. And anyone listening, I highly recommend you see if you've never seen Freak. To me, there are certain things that are perfection. That's perfection in a one-man show. Yeah, he's well, and he's also 30-some years in the game. Mm-hmm. And he's highly, highly talented. And I tried to get Leguizamo for My Man is a Loser. Do you remember that? At all? Do you remember no. that moment? Mm-mm. Rappaport got me in touch with Leguizamo. His schedule didn't work. I was going to get him to play Callan's part. What? Yeah, yeah. Is that crazy? Wow. Yeah, there was a moment of Leguizamo in there. There's all kinds of funny shit like that. But, yes, Freak by Leguizamo was one of the greatest things I had seen as well. And it super inspired me because it's there's a fine line between stand-up comedy and a one-man show. Oh, yeah. And one-man shows, if they're not done like that, they look contrived and they can look very like cut cardboard cut out and you know just in a box and they just don't have the flow and stand up comedy is you're flowing you look at richard pryor you look at his you know live on sunset strip it looks like he's just having fun and flowing and being funny whatever for an hour and 20 you don't know that that shit was handcrafted to every single word is for of with course. a purpose so I, I'm just telling you, bro, I, I I see talent. When I casted everything in New York, I watched, like, the dopest actors coming into the room. I'm telling you, bro, you, you got you got talent. And I, I would just, don't, don't, don't quit your day job. I almost said quit your day job, <laughs> but actually don't quit it because just pay the bills. But I think your I think your time's I'll, coming, man, and and you know it's it, it's coming. You I'll just gotta but but keep putting it out there because otherwise shit gets stagnant. I agree, but I'll make you a deal. Oh, here we go. I know this deal. I will take your advice and go back to work on my one man show. Yeah. If you take my advice and let me style you, 
because <laughs> you are such a fucking mess. I love you with your yeah, red hat today and your amazing. blue shirt from 82. Do I match at all? No, not even a little bit. It's like, how are the jeans still baggy? No, did you Jordy, see my new sweatpants? Jeans? He has new, oh, you got the new cutoff sweatpants? Yeah, I, I got these. I think I have the same ones. He's got the joggers. Oh, no, no, I don't have those. Those are, There's a lot going on. So, wait, that's even better. I I got the tops and bottoms, no, too. No, but wait a second. You're telling me you're wearing a gray, bespeckled pair of sweatpants with a black tuxedo stripe, blue, <laughs> tight T-shirt, and red St. Louis hat. Let me do work my math. How this do you know that that doesn't match, though? Who the fuck makes color palettes? Me. Let me help you. I've been wanting to help him for years. I said, this is my idea. Tell me. Where do we go? I told you we'll go because you have, like you said, you have all the tools. You're good looking. My girlfriend was very uncomfortable. She told me you're a very good looking man. I wanted to hear that you have a great personality. A great <laughs> she said, that Mike Young, he's a very good looking man. People I'm are like, telling me I'm, I'm good like, looking. X on be... the list. Never hang out with Mike Young again. <laughs> all, right. all right. You have the package. He has a gift of gab. Girls love it. He's he's smooth, very calm voice. It's very it's very very comforting his demeanor. All I need to do is dress this guy, and he his whole game will go up another level. Stevie, when do we go? I, when do you have time? No, 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 Where no, no, do no, we no. even go? I and how told, much money do I have to put in my pocket? I to go? told you that the idea, the Mike Young outfit. Imagine this: we're gonna put Mike instead of the the nineteen eighty eight baggy pants from the gap we're going to put him in a slimmer i know he doesn't want nut hugger jeans that are super tight but slimmer jeans nice pair of old school ewings on the feet with a t-shirt and a blue pea coat and a blue detroit hat simple mike would murder the game and he'd love everything he wore 100 percent done 100 percent within seven days from now we're going shopping where do, where do we go to a thrift store i found everything already you i know where to get the coat don't worry don't give all my secrets away i have everything picked out we're ready to go <laughs> don't make me hot like warm i, I like to be no, I, no. I need to breathe i know you run warm i run chilly there's a difference there, there's i run two warm types of people i run warm it's okay. and, and i like to be a little loose but i'll go with the tighter pants i'm not afraid of it anymore were like, you that guy that kid in the winter like I have friends like yeah. that in the winter time that would wear the T-shirt outside yeah. and no jacket. Yeah, with, and my arms would turn red. Like your parents almost got 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 in trouble because they thought they were being neglected by wearing T-shirts in December. Hundred percent. My yeah. family we descend from bears. See, not me. <laughs> yeah, we we're, we're supposed to be like badgers and bears. There's some animal in our in my family. We're, we're a warm we're a warm family. But I want to. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Okay. I want to do this with you. We're, let's just go and fix me up. Because my problem is, and I'm not talking shit, but I've basically been getting laid dressing like a fucking half hobo for a long period of time. And it's almost become my style. <laughs> and so, but I said this year, it's time to step up my shit. I agree. You know what I mean? Like, I got a new watch. I don't know if it's nice. People say it's very nice. Shinola. You heard of it? <laughs> It's a new company, a fresh out of Detroit. Guy gave me a watch. It's dope. People say it's dope. But yes, yeah, style has never in my life been my thing. It just hasn't. And it's like, I was a kid, I'd, I'd run out of the house, and my mom would be like, you're not wearing that. I'd be running out in a tank top, not matching on the bottom, because well, I just you also didn't had give muscles. No, no, as a young man, you also had an accoutrement that was amazing. You had muscles. Yeah, I was an athletically framed child. So basically, all right, unlike a guy like me who has a body like a baked potato, all right? <laughs> but you're, you're getting it in shape. Not anymore. I started getting over? weight again. Nothing fits right now. I hurt my knee. I hurt my back. I have a lot of issues right now. It's I'm, I'm on hiatus from uh, my There's training. no discipline. I'm in pain. What do you mean no discipline? My knee hurts. My back hurts. So Take off 10 pounds. All that shit goes away. Done. Done. Okay. And start your day with honey and cinnamon. Why don't you it's, guys just trade? This is this is like trading places too. This is this man is a loser. You guys just have to swap personalities and let oh. him dress me and I'll and I'll hook up and I'll get I'll get him disciplined and in shape. Wait, yeah. I, I would love that's to swap funny. personalities. No, that, that's funny. But I'm <laughs> a genius idea. On the real though, I would love to swap. You mean I could be calm like Mike and talk slowly and not my yeah, head do don't do I talk explode. slow though? Oh, you, it's very it's a nice cadence. Do I talk slow? You almost have a su- it's not southern, but you have a very nice cadence to you. No wonder you you like you're like a white Barry White a little bit. <laughs> it's just very smooth. You're Mikey White. I'm Mike White. No, Milky White. That's your rap name. That's it for now when you rap. You're Milky White. Milky White. Anyway. Milky White. Good night. Don't be tight. I speak to you smooth. We keep it aight. Aight. <laughs> I'm going to rap. Well, I can't wait to start rapping again. We got to get karaoke going at gold. <laughs>
Let's do it. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Take me back when I was a kid. Never had to worry about what I did. Yo, how funny is it that Danny literally just like said, you're going to be friends with my boy. You're going to put him in the movie and that's it. And here you are. You got family now. I love it. I love it. And then you're amazing. You definitely are family. Yeah. We've embraced Stevie Gutman, the talented gut but but you got you get your ass on stage and fine. You can fucking dress me, bro. Fucking dapper dan me. I don't give a Gun, shit. I love it. But I'm not joking. We got to go this week. You always say that. No, no, you're not joking, but you are joking. Oh we no, but now say- he's on record. I'm on record. I can't I can't go back. Like all six of my listeners who don't know what I look like, but two do. They're going to see a new Mike Young. We got to start getting pictures out there. The yep. tr- this is going to be the transformation of Mike. Absolutely. I mean, Jordy, you know me a long time now. You think I has it been a dress has dress been a thing with me? Pro- I think that you can you can upgrade. I think there's room for improvement. I don't think anyone's talking about your lack of style on the streets, but no one's talking about your style. How about that? <laughs> Holy shit, man. It's, that's his style. And this it's is called not- incognito. By the way, this is not coming as big news to me. It's been, I've been getting this for a long time. And for a long time, I've just denied it because my game is tight and I've always done what I wanted, got laid, whatever it's been, I've never had it. But apparently, I am accepting it and I do not dress. I need to upgrade my style. And and as of today, if you're going to see me tonight, I'm going to go up to goal. I'm going to go to Taco Tuesday. I bought some new Page jeans. Have you ever heard of that company, Page? No, never the Page. Supposedly they're big. Okay. I bought Page jeans. Some circles. I'm rocking Page. They're a thinner cut. (laughs) I'm going up thin cut tonight. I'm going to wear just a basic T-shirt. I'm rocking the Star of David. There you go. Which, by the way, I'm not kidding. I was I was sleeping with a girl recently, and I'm not. I don't know if I told you this. She caught a glimpse of my star of David as it kind of fell towards her face, and her fucking demeanor changed. <laughs> I'm not kidding. She this bitch realized I was Jewish, and her no, her shit got a little weird and like a little mean. I said to her after, I said, "You saw the star of David, and like you kind of started acting a little different in bed." She's like, "Well, I didn't say it. You said it." <laughs> Oh, I was like, okay. I just clipped a Nazi. Well, the good news is I just got some Nazi pussy. This bitch straight up. I'm glad my fucking star of David just clipped your tooth, bitch. Well, the expectations get lower, which are good because nobody's expecting the Jew to knock it out the park in, in the bedroom. How was the performance, by the way? Because I've discussed with you, and you're honest. Sometimes you've been like, ah, eh, it was a four point three. No, I'm trying. to How was my performance? It was solid. It was solid. Like a seven? Solid. No, 7.4. 7.4. That deserves a sequel. Strong. I think I took maca that day. <laughs> but, I think I was on my maca powder. But you see, she saw the star David expecting a 3.4. Yo, I and was you hit her with the 7, and that's that's like that's like a black dude's 10. Yo. The 7 Jewish, because you're not expecting it from us. You know, it's like... <laughs> Plus, when my shirt comes off first and they see the batch of hair on my chest, they don't know what the hell's coming at them. You know what I mean? They can't believe I'm not growling instead of talking. <laughs> I got no. You're right. I'm fucking the 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 premiere of the movie. The movie comes out February 9th. The premiere is February 9th. Before the premiere, I'm going to trim my shit. I'm getting an upgrade in my styling from you. Okay. Don't fuck around. All right. And I'm coming funky, funky, fresh. So maybe I won't wear a suit to the premiere. Yeah. What are you wearing to the premiere? I was gonna wear the same suit that I wore to my man as a loser. The one, the bar mitzvah suit. Yeah. That Danny said I looked amazing in. Boy, you gotta you gotta go for a sequel though, because people have seen those pictures. Okay, so I go a different suit. Yeah, you gotta go different suit, or just different gear. Different, I'd say different gear in general. I well, mean, it's a solid suit. No one's no one's putting down the suit, but you know those pictures have been circulated. Everybody knows that you know Mike Young, director. You can't can't get fit into the uniform. Well, Yo, I fucking hate shopping. You get anxiety when you're about to get beat up by a gang. <laughs> I get the same exact feeling when I'm gonna go try pants on. I go into a fucking store and I just I and I actually it's funny because I'm a grown ass man. I went with my mom to Nordstrom's last week in Detroit, and she's like, "Here we go. It's just your whole life. Here we go. You just you can't try anything on. You get frustrated." She calls. She goes, "Let's just get a service person over here and they'll tell you, they'll walk you through the store." <laughs> and she's like having the full conversation with homeboy. Like some fucking nice kid comes over. He's like, "Can I help you?" She's like, "My son. He's just terrible in stores." Oh, just where's your son down through. here? No, the big old, the big hairy. <laughs> The guy who's twice your age over there who looks like he's just fucking miserable pacing around the for sale items. 
Yo, I don't like shopping, but I need to. Because oh. now we're starting to get some sponsorship from people that make you wear their clothes. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can't. That, that sponsorship will dry up if you're not looking fresh. Yeah. Have you heard of Mack Weldon? It sounds very familiar. What's yeah, they're Mac? out of New looking York. Looking good. T-shirts, Oh, they hoodies. send you the box with the clothing, right? Yeah, socks. I mean, he's going to be up. His clothing is going to be upgraded just because he's got a whole shipment of clothes coming. So he's going to be looking good, that Mack Weldon. But, nice. I mean... I'd say that I, I, this is a good thing. I, you know, I can't get out of my head this like this idea for like a Freaky Friday c- type of movie where you guys like switch bodies and then Danny's the only one who could tell the difference. <laughs> <laughs> I love that idea. What was that Lily Tomlin uh, Steve Martin movie that was uh, that where they switch places? Oh yeah, where they took over each other's body. That was one of the most genius movies. I forgot it. I forgot it. I but, mean, uh, I, I was saying Freaky Friday because that was uh, that. I that I mean that idea has been done. Like then there was that other right with Jason Bateman, Jason Bateman and Ryan Reynolds. I mean, but uh, Freaky Friday is Lindsay Lohan and Jamie Lee Curtis, where they you know the mom daughter and they switch personalities. Is so really, how does it work? Do I become Stevie's you, personality you, and he becomes my and I become a, oh, his beats, and I get his style? Yeah, exactly. Do I get his personality? Wait, do too? I get Mike's body? No, like you no no bodies? his no no you don't switch bodies, but you switch. It's like a, a mind meld where Stevie's. Uh, personality goes into Mike, and Mike's personality goes into Stevie, and it's just you know away you go into the world. Do As, I get to dress cooler? Of in, course, when I switch. But, yeah, your your body will be looking great, but you'll be talking fast. Yeah. and and you're gonna be you know. Mike, you sound so much different. What are you talking about? What the hell? You I don't even know what you mean. <laughs> Whatever. Don't make yo. Don't stress me out. Don't stress me out. All right, I'm ready to cry right now. Or I'm, I mean, that's that's like the uh, you know the 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 supernatural idea. Or we do it like a trading places type of thing where you know Stevie, you, <laughs> my legs. I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. No, the best is when they're the train and they see the African guy and they start going umbele, 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 ah, umbele, 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 ah, the best I am ninja from Ibacor exchange Ju- student from Kamaru <laughs> Jordy let me why are you so familiar with the Lindsay Lohan Jamie Lee Curtis Th- that's kind of what's been bothering me I watch whole- a lot of movies Stevie I watch everything really I, you you're not going to put it by me It's I'm, I'm going to watch it so it's a Saturday nothing to do you I see- think I've definitely watched that movie at like a 3 a.m. on like a Wednesday really yeah, Jordy's ability to retain information is phenomenal and he's also a movie fanatic so he's you like a movie right That's how man. we met. I thought he was just a fucking basic, you know, point guard from Long Island who was struggling in a men's league. <laughs> and next thing I knew, he was a fucking savant. You guys savant. take that very seriously, right? The oh, men's you have league to. stuff? Come on. What do you mean? That, like, look at me like I'm nuts. No, no, no. Let's just, that shit is as serious as anything. This is serious. Don't talk about that. Don't, <laughs> don't disrespect the men's league. You have that? to. It's just, it's, it's. It's the closest thing that you have to like a boys' club. You know, it's it's no. the, it's the competition. No, yeah, it no. is. See, yeah, you didn't grow up playing sports. Yeah, well, not excuse I me. I was the quarterback of the JV football team for for Belmore JFK. Sophomore year, we handed the ball off a lot. Don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I was the quarterback. And I remember I told the I told the coach the freshman year. I was very upset because I got very sensitive. I almost cried during the, the football meeting. I said, I think it's unfair. You let the other quarterback play the entire game. Shouldn't everybody get a chance to play? And the coach <laughs> looked at me and he goes, no, we want to win. He goes, that's why you didn't play. But the next year, I was the quarterback. I don't know if it was like... I have a hard time. I got to see you throw. To, I, I, I got I to see you throw I used throw to throw 40 yards. But to be honest, I, was, I can't run. Go. I can't run. No, duck-footed. I, am very, I, I can't walk and chew gum at the same time. They used to laugh at me. So what we would do, we had a great running back, Michael Morrison. Not a Jewish kid, obviously. <laughs> Built like a brick shit house. Michael Morrison. So I used to hand the ball off maybe 80 times a game. He was Adrian Peterson, and that was it. So really, you didn't need a guy who was good at football to play quarterback for my, my football team. I did throw an interception and blow a game once with eight seconds left, and I, I <laughs> faded in my moment of glory. I, it was, but the, it was the tight end, Matt Most. I, he was supposed to cut in front of the linebacker. He cut it in back of the linebacker, and I threw the ball at, right to the linebacker. So I guess it's my fault then because I had the ball. Stevie, Michael Morrison, Matt Most, they, are these real people? Yes. Uh, did you actually they play They were court? all on the football team. <laughs> Same initials. They both had songs in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> Evan Brandis was on the offensive line. I got sacked a lot. Um, yeah, it was an interesting squad. Everybody remembers their greatest and their worst sport moments. Oh, absolutely. You can't get rid of them.
Yo, I'll give you my, here's my greatest catch I've ever made. I've played sports my entire life. Can't stop. But the best catch I ever made, I was playing third base in a family softball game. <laughs> my Uncle Skip, 440 pounds, athletic, gets up to the plate. I'm playing the hot corner. My dad's at second base. My brother's at short. My Uncle Gary's at first. I'm not kidding. My Uncle my uncle Skip, fucking giant, hits a rope, fireball, dead at me. I'm fucking petrified. I fucking turn. Boom, put out the left hand, twist the glove, boom, caught the fucking ball. Everybody, family's been talking about it for 30 years. <laughs> Literally, every Hanukkah comes up, it was the best catch I've ever made. I've made some pretty good I catches. I have no memories like that. I remember I got kicked in the head by the karate teacher. <laughs> this is true, again, true story. My mother thought it would be a good idea <laughs> if I went to karate. And I went to karate at like age eight. So... The sensei. We have a weak son. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, we do. <laughs> but they thought it would be a good idea, karate, because I was so afraid of everything that I should learn how to protect myself because I'm petrified. Maybe if, it could, maybe if I'm not petrified and I, I, if I knew how to defend myself, I wouldn't be petrified. Sidekicks. I'll never forget. I'm telling you, it's one of those things in my itch, ni, san, shi, go, roku, shishiachi, ku, ju. Those are one to ten in Japanese. And yeah. he would scream that out, and we would do the sidekicks, except he was doing the sidekicks with us. And this is a grown-ass karate man. Not like, you know, the, a karate man. Who's yeah. Karate like, man bruised on the inside. Exactly. That kind of karate man. And I'll never forget, we did the itch, knee, san, shi. And each time I kept creeping forward. And by go Ruku, boom, kicked right in the back of the head. Or on the, excuse me, on the side of the head by the karate man with a full-on sidekick. Hit the floor. My <laughs> eye is, is swollen and, like, massive. And they have to call my mother to come get me. Now... <laughs> You could be the girl. You, I could see your mom coming to get you from here. <laughs> My mother would come get me from here. Steven? Did she call you Steven or Stevie? Uh, no, Steven. Steven? Steven, I want to talk to you. Oh, what was your dad? What's your dad's name? My dad's name is Abe. Abe. Abe, listen, our son keeps getting picked on. I think we should do something. I think maybe karate would be a karate. karate What's a karate? No, I got it. I'll drop him off at the yard. No, See I, what happens. Let him she, try to get home on his own. She's she's very. My mother just loves to express. First of, there's double edges. It was a wonderful, wonderful affair. This is the text I just got from her. One of the scene. I can't make this up. Mom, am I lying? Nope. Am I lying, mom? One of the scenes that has always stood out in my mind is when you play a tough guy sitting on a couch in a shrink's office. You start out very tough. But shrink pushes your buttons, and you totally, totally transform. I saw the vulnerability and anguish in your eyes. I still remember it after so many years. My son. Oh, my son. This is your mom's <laughs> that's text? What, that's the text I just got from my mom. <laughs> oh, it's all making sense now, bro. The it best. All has no, Danny sat with her for lunch, and he says he never met my parents before. And so he came to lunch, and we're sitting there, and everything's going great we're having a nice lunch everyone's getting along my mother my father Danny everybody's great and Danny made a joke about my big ears which by the way I'm a little nervous because my girlfriend told me that your ears and your nose never stop growing so like <laughs> some people will wind up looking like Richard Gere right, I'm going to look like Milton Berle with the, with the, so, but <laughs> Danny made a joke about my ears and my mother basically you heard like the fork went down she got down and she goes what'd you just say don't you dare talk about his ears like that. His ears are fucking beautiful, okay? Don't talk. My mother told me when she goes, <laughs> you're more handsome than Brad Pitt, Stevie, I swear. You, 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 you don't realize how gorgeous you are. Gorgeous, gorgeous you are. Yo, that is a, that is a Jewish mother times 10. Oh Jewish my. mothers, bro, God bless them. They go to war for their kids. You couldn't tell my mom we did anything wrong. I would be smoking a joint on a corner, and a neighbor would go, Michael is smoking a joint on the corner. Not my N Michael. Not my Michael. <laughs> nope. Try Call me tomorrow. Talk to you later. I was literally, I mean, it wasn't until the police finally just showed up at the house that my mom was like, what the hell is going on? My son. But then my mother would give it to me at the house. My mother, But her neuroses was amazing. Like, did you get this? You had to clean up before the cleaning lady came? That, that No, we didn't. Have, yo, bro, I'm from Detroit. We didn't have a cleaning lady. Uh, not no till, clean not till my dad made money late in the 80s do we ever get oh, like a cleaning Once a week lady. we had the cleaning lady, and my mother would get very upset because my room was messy. And she'd be like, you have to clean up your room. The cleaning lady's coming. It's embarrassing. But isn't that the point of the cleaning lady? Yeah, no, everybody does that. I try to hide shit now. Like, before the cleaning girl comes, I try to, like, I get shit organized. Because, you know, they, they kind of, like, they put shit where they want to put it. 
I re- I'm not with that. So I just I, I hide everything I need to hide and kind of lead her in her direction. And keep her away from the, the, the pile and that's and that. No, it's just so many. It was just interesting. It was a very interesting, interesting. I mean, she told me once she looks at me on the couch. She goes, what are you, depressed? <laughs> I said, yeah, actually, I'm a little depressed. She goes, well, that's life. I, she goes, happy. I, this is my happy. Who's happy? This <laughs> happy. Who's happy? That's, no. tell me what's. that's a thousand years right there, bro. You can't, you know, you're never going to change your parents. No. Old and I school Jewish parents are something else. They're amazing. They're, they're the best. You know, they're the best, but you want to, yeah, you want to drive into a fucking brick wall while you're driving with them. Look out! <laughs> For what? There's nothing ever in front of us. I'm, there's, I've never, I've saved our life so many times. I've never once gotten close to getting in an accident with my mom. And every time we're in the car, she's just, look out! Stop! Slow down! What are you doing? And I just, I've, I've actually learned like breathing methods. Like you say, I'm so mellow and easygoing. Yeah. I've had to work on that shit. Oh, I've worked I've, on it too. I've trained myself to be mellow <laughs> in, in storms. I've meditated my way into calmness. What a voice on him. I, you, I want to take my clothes off for you, Mike. You're so <laughs> cool. And milky white. You're Please so don't. cool Please and calm. Don't. I, but I know mothers, my mother's driving me one time. Another mother's story. This is just my mother. We're driving. And I remember I'm in Boca and we're going to the mall. And you have those moments in your life where there's just nothing to say right now. Let's just enjoy the moment in the car. Beautiful silence. Beautiful silence. My mother doesn't know about that. She says <laughs> she says to me, so, yeah, mom, what's up? You take a shower today? I said, mom, what, what, what do you mean? Do I smell? No, no, I'm just talking. You, you take a shower today? You know, it's conversation. I, I'm telling you, this is the truth. It's conversation. You know, people talk. I was just kidding. You take a shower. I said, Ma, you saying No, I just wanted to talk. Just wanted to talk to you because I never get to. And then all the truth comes out. I never get to see you and I love you and I miss you. And, da, 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 da. and you know, you need to call once in a while. <laughs> and that's what it all stems from. Did you take a shower today? Yeah. She knew where she was going with that conversation. Oh, yeah. So, Mike, uh, you take a shower today? No. Oh, yes, I did. I forgot. I woke up and wind sprinted. I worked out today already. I forgot I worked out oh, man, so early. I can't wait till you take Stevie wind sprinting. Oh, you! Hopefully he'll live through it. Oh, I can't wait. We should make a pilot out of this. We should do. We got to do something. Very this is a sh- yo, it'll be called shaping up Stevie. Shaping up. Well, I mean, it's, it, you it's know. yo, it'll be called shaping up. I'm shaping up too. You're gonna up my gear. I'm gonna make you live longer. Done. I'm yeah, all and into talk living smoother long. and I'm, and be real cool in places. I I'm gonna to get your I'm gonna get your anxiety level down. The anxiety actually hasn't been that bad lately. Yeah, because you got your girl. She's got your back. The girl and then the shrink. The shrink is not one of I got to get a shrink. Everyone's got a shrink. Jordy, you got a shrink? I don't have a shrink. This is my shrink. This is yeah. your shrink. This is it. Yeah. I don't no, 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 no. This is not it. See, everyone <laughs> said comedians like to pull that bullshit. The stage is my shrink. My stand up, everyone forget to my stand up is my shrink. No, it's not. Yeah. These people are professionally trained. They go to school for eight gazillion years to work on how to help you adjust. Not you venting. You see, this is the comic's narcissism. Comic goes, Me venting about my stuff is gonna is, is gonna make me feel better, therefore it's my therapy. No, it's not therapy. Therapy helps prevent you from freaking out and no, doing No, people those- love therapy. I know everyone's high on therapy. I've got went when my you know my dad passed. I I went to therapy when shit was going down. I but I did not yeah, I did not pursue it. I've only been to therapy twice. Maybe I need therapy. I probably every girl I date says I need it. <laughs> what so do, what do you think our great great grandfathers would think of us talking about I knew my great great grandfather he was a butcher with you. Disgusted <laughs> with you. He buried his problems in the meat. Literally chopping meat, and who knows what else he was chopping up in the old school prohibition <laughs> Jewish gangsters that they were. I love. I knew my great grandpa. I used to have to drive to the old folks' home and pick him up for like Hanukkah or for uh, like seder's and you oh, know wow. different events. Yeah, I'd go, and he would just come. I'd go pick him up. That was my job. Would he at sixteen. Impart his wisdom on you, like when you. No, him? he wouldn't. He was quiet, tough, tough man. He was tough, tough. He enjoyed I come from the, a long line of tough Jews. So he enjoyed the uncomfortable, the comfortable silence. It he wasn't was uncomfortable quite, to him. No, he wasn't. was screaming in his own head. It was perfect. It was perfect for him. It's like, <laughs> in, don't in, talk. In, Be in, a man. Don't talk. In his head, he was chopping Hitler up. <laughs> of course. You know what I mean? With a fucking meat cleaver. I had a friend like that growing up, and he told me once, and he was only two years older than me, but he had such an older demeanor. I remember one time I laughed. I must have been like 11, and he looked at me, and he, the kid was, so if I was 11, he was 13, he goes, don't do that. Men don't giggle. <laughs> I always admire serious people who could just deliver a serious line. Like every now and then, you'll meet some motherfuckers that don't don't play. Like no. I, I'm a jokey person. You're a jokey person. You're a lighthearted guy. 
But every now and then I have come across people where my jokes don't fly or like being funny in a, in a, like they're just not funny people. They just are very serious about life. I've been shut down. Um, yo, Stevie, I love you. We got to wrap shit up at 58 minutes. Done. Um, let me just say this. I'm so glad I had you on. Gonna you make are me cry. A, you're a talented fucking dude. And I want within a year to see this fucking one man show get in shape because people need to see your ass. Done. But you will see Stevie Gutman in a stand-up guy. Yes. And he kills it. Really does. Really kills it. Playing uh, the manager of Lipschitz. What's your last name in that? Bobby Lipschitz. Lipschitz. Yeah, Bobby Lipschitz. Bobby Lipschitz. Who? Bobby it's Lipschitz. It's so funny. I wrote Bob? the fucking thing. I can't remember half the... You know what I mean? It's like once you write something and direct it, your 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 mind, it just shuts down after. Yeah, I think I gave him the Lipschitz. Yeah. It, it was like... What you I'm had, your man. Bobby Lipschitz. You gave me a few free takes where, where some of the things came into play and then I don't know where it came out. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like I gave him a last name. No. But you're going to see a lot more of them. So check them out. Stevie Gutman, my guest, volume two, Mike Young, stories that need to be told, Jordan Winter on the ones and twos over there. God bless you guys. We will see you next time and talk to you soon. Peace. Take me back when I was a kid. Never-